Hey, theater people, Patrick here. I know it's been a minute since our last theater people episode, but I assure you I have been very hard at work on this season of Broadway Backstory. I actually think I've been working harder on that than anything I have in my life. For anyone who doesn't know, Broadway Backstory is our documentary-style podcast in which each episode finds out how a show develops from an idea to a full Broadway production. Basically, we interview everyone involved, the actors, director, writers, producers, designers, and then make a documentary about how they made the show. We have one episode left of season two. It's all about the Tony Award-winning musical Kinky Boots. That episode drops Tuesday, December 19th, and then we are taking a well-earned break for the holidays. But come January, theater people will be back to our regular weekly schedule, I promise. I've got a lot of shows to see you guys. So I wanted to drop this final episode of 2017 because my friend, Olivier Award winner Leslie Margarita, is giving a once-in-a-lifetime performance this holiday season as the grown-up Cindy Lou Who in a show called Who's Holiday, now playing through New Year's Eve at the Westside Theater. Who's Holiday is a one-woman show in which we find out what became of little Cindy Lou Who, the Dr. Seuss character who, as a child, encountered the Grinch stealing her family's presents in the classic holiday book How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Who's Holiday is hilarious, a little bit raunchy, and has a big old holiday heart. And I cannot recommend highly enough that you run out and see it. So I had this chat with Leslie in her dressing room before a performance about a week ago. We talk about everything from how it is to do a show all by herself to the fact that she's recurring on three TV shows next season, you guys. One of them being Homeland with Mandy Patinkin. And yes, of course, I try to get her to tell me that Mandy is actually crazy. She doesn't really take the bait. All right, you guys, enjoy our conversation. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in early 2018. Hi, girl. Hi. I'm so happy that this is um, just talking because I have no makeup on. <laughs> but you still look so gorgeous. Oh, God, you lie. <laughs> the first thing I noticed when I walked in was your Red Bull. Of course. Um, kids, don't do as I do. This is sugar-free Red Bull. Look, some nights I have to. And especially like, here, move all my crap away, yeah, Patrick. Just to, like, Patrick's just... My thing is being so weird. By my thing, I mean my recorder. Recorder. Um, yeah, I had to get a Red Bull today. Some days it's just a little... It's a Red Bull day. It's a Red Bull, and we just had a million previews and then opening the day before yesterday. So yesterday was a day off, but day off's never a day off. It's right. the day where... What do you do on your day off? Laundry, oh. grocery shopping, all that. I have to like spend time with my dog, otherwise he will have an attack. Right. So then we went to Central Park and we did the whole thing for like hours, just walking around. Can I ask you a really serious question? Yeah. Do you know all your lines? I do. Because on your day off, you're not like, oh, my God, it's just me. Like, I have to go through my lines 100,000 times. No, of course I do. I do every day. There's not a day where I'm not thinking about my lines. I do know them all. That doesn't mean that they all come out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes, like, it'll something will come out of my mouth before it's ready. And I'll go, no, and you can't take it back. It's the hardest thing. I Doing this one-woman show has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I know that when it's done, I'll be like, Good on you, yeah. Les. Good for you. It's really hard. And and anybody out there, I will encourage you to do it. I'm going to tell you, you probably hate it. I, I loathed coming to rehearsal every day because yeah. I, it was so much pressure and nobody else is around to be like, you got it, girl. It's okay. <laughs> it's just me. Um, and it's a little lonely. But um, now I'm starting to have fun. Like now 
I'm starting to kind of, you know, like waver from what I had planned I was going to do and, you know, be more a little spontaneous. But then it's just, it's been an uphill battle. But I think I'm in the clear. I don't know. I say that now, but. (laughs) How did this gig come to you? How did this happen? This was out of nowhere. So I knew Carl Andres, the director. We had done a couple of readings. Um. And we have really, like, same sensibilities. He directs all the Charles Bush stuff. I mean, you, it does, you, do, you, if I had to pick a director for you, this would be it. No questions asked. Like, he, he definitely, you know, gets me and my humor. And he came to me about three months ago. I um, have also been filming Homeland. So, Oh, my God. How about this pl- article that came out in Playbill that's like, Leslie Margarita is on a regular on three series this year. All right. We're going to get to that. I'm, I have so many questions. Okay. But anyway, so I get this call. I'm in Virginia. And uh, Carl emails me and he says, I have this Cindy Lou Who play. And I, in the back of my head, I remember reading about it like yeah. a year ago. I read the whole thing about the court thing today. Yes. Crazy. Totally crazy. Um, and I was like, oh, listen, I, I'm doing a bunch of shows. I just don't think I'm going to have time. So then about a week later, I get an email from my manager said, you've been offered this play. And he goes, I'm looking at your schedule. You actually have seven weeks at the Christmas time that where you're not supposed to be filming, you could be, but they've, they, they're, you know, you have this block of time. And he said, and, and I read it and he said, it's really funny. So then he sent me the script and I scream laughed because, and not only was it hysterical because the grown up Cindy Lou, I was yeah. like, come on, she's, you know, but it was also so touching. And yes. my favorite stuff is, yes, I love the comedy, but my favorite stuff is like where, the heartstrings are pulled out of nowhere. We were sobbing at the end. We were literally sobbing. I was like, she's going to, she knows me and she's going to see me crying. She's going to make fun of me. No, it's so beautiful. And I love stuff like that because people come in thinking that it's just like, wah, wah, you know, it's super funny. But it really is like a beautiful story of someone overcoming crap that's been thrown at them. And so, you know, yes, she's a cartoon character, but I read it coming from that. And I was like, it's beautiful and hysterical and wrong, which is all the things I I love. I want to talk about Matthew Lombardo for a second because I love her. And she, like, this is pulling no punches. So high and looped, two of my – the thing that Matthew Lombardo does so well is the high camp mixed with, like, actual, like you were just saying, like the poignant touching moments. Did you know his other work before you you did this? Oh, yeah. Um, One of the things that I did with Carl Andrus was a reading of this um, amazing play uh, called Hollywood Nurses. And Kathleen Turner was in it. And I – Worship Listen, Turner. you and I have both been in the same room with Kathleen Turner at the oh. same time, and it's a it's a right? hand yeah, it's oh a lot. God. I love. Um and I also love Linda Lavin. So I had seen Looped, um, because a friend of mine had directed it and I loved it. I had never seen High, but I read High yeah. um because I was like, Oh, what an amazing vehicle for like I'm always looking for stuff like when I'm older. Yeah. What you know what I mean? Like totally. and so I was like, totally. I oh I think that'd be a good thing to read. And I love his writing. Yeah. And when I heard that he wrote this, I was like, Really? Yeah didn't like totally didn't put it together and then when I started reading it I was like oh my god he knows he writes for women that are like not young ladies not (laughs) but you know but like this is this is like she's Cindy Lou's turning 40 and it's he writes really well for a woman that like is going through it I mean and she could be going through it at 20 but he just writes really well for women that are at any kind of turning point any kind of precipice like he for some reason he just has tapped into that and there's always a some sort of like substance abuse or some sort of like coping mechanism total coping mechanism and that's something that he speaks very openly about his own life Uh that he has gone through you know his own struggles and 
it totally is a coping mechanism. And you see, you know, Cindy Lou smokes and drinks and, and <laughs> she explains it. You know, she's like, sometimes I just have to take a hit of the who hash to, <laughs> to get through it. We see her do that, in we fact. We see her do it. But then, you know, what he also does well is through these coping mechanisms, these women all kind of come through yeah. the, the haze, quote unquote haze, <laughs> to kind of, um, you know, empower themselves. And, you know, like I, I'm all for like, Rule your kingdom and yes. power. So, so this yes. to me on some level was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Yeah. I get her. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a bong smoker. I don't like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have that in common with her. But I have the um, kind of like wanting to to realize that crap happens to you in life, but you still got to like forge on. And, and I just, I love the story of her. How much, like, how seriously did you have to take her? Did you take her very seriously and, and really get into her backstory and her, who she is? I, you know what, Matilda was such a great, like, uh, primer for this because, and we were talking about this on your show before, our director, Matthew Warchus, hired Gabe and I because he had seen us do, like, dramatic things. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to, he wanted people that could um, really find the realness in these over-the-top cartoon characters. Cindy Lou Who is yeah. literally a cartoon character, and there's nothing more than what you know about her in, in The Grinch. After reading the script, I had to take her seriously. I absolutely had to because otherwise you're in trouble because yeah. I feel like it's so over the top and campy that – it's not campy. It's it's written – it's just over the top. Yeah. It's not, cam- it's, it's not, not campy. campy. It's not campy. It's just heightened. Yeah. Um, but exactly. Yes, that's a good distinction. It's hard to it's hard to yeah. qu- to quantify the difference between like campy and heightened, and it's not it's not like drag queens. No, and it's not like wink wink. Like right, right. she's not in on it. She just is. That's perfect. She's not in on it. Right. Like Karen Walker was a definite influence on my Cindy Lou. Totally, someone who is just like on another planet, yes. who makes no apologies, <laughs> yeah. and smokes and drinks. But there's no, you know, they, they really. That's just who she is. Mrs. Wormwood is the same, and I. Yeah. I find these things about these women that I'm like, if you actually don't believe that these women love who they are and and what they, you know, their vices, their their good parts, then the audience isn't going to stay with you. Totally. Then it's just like a, a crazy, like, cuckoo cabaret show. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to take her seriously. And, and I do because where it takes you, you know, she like, for somebody who's so cheery and her outlook is so great – she gets uh, beaten down by yeah. the end of the play, and yeah. she just is kind of given up. And 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 seeing somebody rise up from from that uh, the depths yeah. of her despair is awesome as well. But yeah, I had to take her seriously; otherwise, I was kind of doomed. Yeah. How did you memorize the words? Like, did it, it did the rhyming help, or was that not helpful? The rhyming did not help at all. When I first read it, I was like, "Oh, it rhymes. This is going to help me know what's next." No. If I mess up one word in oh any sentence, God. I'm screwed. I am yeah. screwed. Yeah. And and if you're lucky enough to see a performance where that happens to me, <laughs> you'll see my brain, you'll see my eyes just be like, <laughs> trying to rhyme. Sometimes I just go, F it, and just say it doesn't rhyme. And I see somebody in the audience be like, huh. Um, <laughs> but what I hope, like what we've tried to build in is that the whole thing's in couplets and it rhymes. But what, what we hope is that by like, minute five or six, you kind of forget that it's, totally. that it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. Either by my cadence or what we're doing. So, you know, it, it should be an afterthought. Because um, my worst fear was people were going to guess what was coming next. Oh, right. And then that I'd get people in the audience being like, Mer! you know, curling out. <laughs> oh, geez, settle down, you guys. Yeah. Come be cool, everybody. So um, that was important to me to kind of make, 
that's the way that she speaks, but yeah. it shouldn't be a gimmick. Yeah. Because that's just how the Who's talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I memorized it, actually, like going back and forth to my other jobs. I have to memorize stuff by um, recording it. Oh. And then as I'm walking around New York or wherever I am, I have it playing on a loop in my earphones because then see that makes sense for this because it's just you yeah. but what do you do when you have a scene with another person I get somebody else to read it with me oh my god that's genius because for some reason like if I'm grocery shopping and that's what I'm listening to it just seeps in yeah I did it like I'd go to sleep and have it playing and it would just kind of wow seep. but I have to do that with everything otherwise it because something like this it's easy when you have other people because you yeah. can then go, oh, this person, I say this to and blah, blah, blah. But when it's just yourself, I could tie certain things to different props, but what if they weren't, you know, right. what if they were moved? <laughs> and so it was a lot and, and, and it was difficult to, to learn all of it. And then, you know, once they make, they make changes and, yeah. and stuff and previews, but yeah, I have to listen to stuff. What do you do? Is there somebody off stage on book who, like you could call line if you had to? No. Are you serious? I'm on my own. I'm on on my own. I literally They just like gave me the keys to the building and they left. There's a stage manager who I'm sure if I had a like a meltdown on stage, somebody would come over a god mic and be like, Leslie, but I'm 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 knocking on wood. I'm knocking on all wood. Um no, I feel like you know, I know it enough to where I could get out of it. I said uh-huh. <laughs> knocking on wood again. And it may not rhyme, but right. um but no, I feel like you know, it's so drilled in there that that I could find my way out. And I surely hope I wouldn't be that out of it to just be staring off into space for like 15 <laughs> minutes. But who knows? People just calling out words <laughs> that rhyme with whatever. Just, I mean. So I came to the dress rehearsal and you, you there's audience interaction. Uh-huh. So that's got to be hard when you have to, like, you call the guy up on stage. Is there a script that you say to the, is it the same script every night or do you make it up? So there's the same script every night, but what isn't made up is I have to call a man, I have to talk to a woman. Yeah. That is, that's um, scripted. So that's, that guy wasn't a plant. Oh, no. Because you had the funniest thing. There was a rhyme about, I'm not, I'm going to get it wrong, but you're like, he was wearing a dog tag. And you're like, I love your tag. Da, da, da. Oh! You dress like a I know. friend. And it was hilarious. Did you make that up? No, because that's scripted. That oh. is scripted. But he happened to have a tag. Oh, that's so funny. I, like, I was like, she's a genius. Then, from then on, the previews have been, I can't even tell you, <laughs> the audience participation was my least, it's my least favorite thing. Um, because, and I used to do it at theme parks all the time, and I haven't had yeah. to do it in a while, but you just don't know who you're going to get. Yeah. Especially people don't want to, I when I'm in an audience, I'm like, I shrink away. I'm like, do not call on me. You should have seen me. I was like, I'm not going to raise my hand because that would be uncool. But please pick me, pick me, oh pick me. Oh, God, I wish I had. No, a couple of times I've picked friends because I'm like, please, please just go with me on this. But it's been amazing the array of people that I've had. What's the worst you've had? The wor- <laughs> I've had a couple that have been budding like uh, stage Actors, but not oh, they're not they're not actually actors. Yeah. Like this is not my first time on a stage, you know. <laughs> then I had one lady who was like, "My son thinks you're beautiful. He's single," and I was like, "Oh, God. like she said that you on the stage." Oh, I went out to her in the audience, and that's what she because oh, I was like offering her an hors d'oeuvre, and that's what she said. And I was like, "Uh, uh I really, I, and I can't, I, I can ad lib ad lib to a point, but I still have to stay yeah. kind of on script." The worst is when nobody raises their hand. <laughs> 
And then, oh, I mean, I, you know, I, I bring someone on stage and ask if they've ever had like a drinking problem. Someone did. And it was just. What did you do? Uh, you know, the, the way that Matthew's so smart, he, he, he wrote it in a way that if, if somebody said, yes, I actually am in AA, then the line works either way. And I just oh. kind of dump out their drink. But of course, I was like, of course I picked that person. Like, why? <laughs> Who's just been outed to like I all of his work colleagues. <laughs> and I just feel horrible. And, and so it's been a real, um, again, that's one of those things where I'm like, if I survive this, then yeah. I can literally do anything. So obviously you didn't need to do this. Was this a challenge that you wanted to like, you wanted to get this and put it like under your belt? I never knew I wanted to. Yeah. Never knew. I mean, because you've seen my cabaret shows. I write them. Yeah. And, and, but that's still with a band totally. and my, my friends. And um, I never thought about doing a one-woman play. I love doing plays, but I, had, I never ever thought about doing a, a one-person play. And then was, when this came up, I was like, oh, amazing. It's only me. Perfect. You know, that was like the first. It was such a Miss Piggy, like, just me. But that, and so like, you know, when I first took the job, I was like, amazing. And then when I started rehearsing, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, but halfway through rehearsal, I had like a breakdown in my apartment. I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I don't, why did I do this? Why did you do this? And he was like, I don't know. Why did you? <laughs> That's exactly what my husband would say. <laughs> and I was like, you're no help. But he actually was like, okay, what are you getting out of it? I said, well, I'm, I've, I could say I've done it. He goes, if that's the only reason, then great. Yeah. But I, now having like, now that I'm in it, it feels like, oh, I can conquer whatever. Totally. Do you have an understudy or is it just me? No, I do. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> Yeah, I have an understudy. I'm ready to go anytime, you guys. You know, in the beginning, there was going to be no understudy. Um, but because I was shooting other things, oh, they didn't, right. they weren't sure. So they had to get one. And she's awesome. Um, her name's Erin. And she's like amazing wow. and, and has to be here every night. Oh, my and, God. Ugh. Does she watch the show every night? She watches it sometimes. Yeah. Otherwise, she kind of goes goes through it on her own. And yeah. she's hysterical and a stand-up. And she's amazing. And, and so, you know... She's kind of getting – she's getting the same kind of uh, thing I'm getting out of it for myself, even though she's not on stage. She's like, if I could learn this yeah. and be able to do this, then – and also, for something like this, there's going to be companies of this now all oh, over. Right. So she knows it. She's like, right. I learned it. Great. Yeah. Call me next Christmas. You yeah, know, like, yeah, it's, totally. it's one of those. It's like buyer and seller. There are, yeah. like, five or six guys that yeah. – I spit on you – that do buyer and seller – um, it's, I think it's going to be like that for women, which is great. Tell me how you know Sierra Pagas. I saw a picture of you guys. I mean, obviously you're both big Broadway stars, but are you guys, do you guys hang out? So we've become really good friends lately. How did uh, you meet? We met, God, a few years ago, just kind of through the... The Broadway The world, Broadway, yeah. Broadway world. Um, a, a real, uh, a, One of the most amazing women at Matilda, she is the Matilda's dresser, getting uh -huh. those little girls ready. Mel was really good friends with Sierra. Uh, they worked on Little Mermaid together. And Sierra came and saw Matilda, and we kind of met then, and um, I just, you know, I was always a fan yeah. of hers, because she's such a dichotomy. She's like this gorgeous, the the voice is pristine, but then she is the craziest, kookiest, <laughs> funniest girl, and I love that, and yeah. she's so positive, and so like, she's just a cool girl, yeah. and I like to collect the cool girls, uh -huh, uh -huh, and just be uh -huh. like, that girl's rad, I want to be friends with them, and I wanted to be friends with her. And um, we've just kind of like 
off and on, like always talked on, you know, social media. And then um, just in the last few months, we're like, we need, we're making an effort because this is a good friendship and you have yeah. to in this business, you know, right. you're like, you have to make an effort to be like, okay, we're seeing each other. Yeah. We're going to do this. And then we got to sing together at that benefit. And it was amazing. Uh, and like, no, she's just a cool, cool person. And that's fine. Speaking of, <clears throat> I know you can't listen to every episode of Theater People, but... <laughs> So when Helena York was on, do you? Because Helena York and I talked about you at length. Now, I was – so I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with Helena York. I had never met her. It took me, like, 15 minutes to just settle down. She's amazing. And, like, I just was out of my mind. And she told this amazing story about how you guys met. Oh, my gosh. So now you have to tell your version. Okay, so I always lived in Los Angeles. Didn't want to move to New York unless I got, like, the show that I would move for. Well, that happened with Matilda. So I was like, she had got to move to New York. So um, I had no idea where I was going to live. I didn't know New York, whatever. Um, my friend Lauren, we were looking on Craigslist <laughs> and um, looking for apartments. I needed a furnished place. And I wanted like a sublet because I was convinced I was – I think I said this to you before. I was convinced <laughs> I was going to be fired. Like convinced. Nobody ever thinks they're going to keep the job. No, no. So I was like, I need a sublet because if in three months they're like – She's out. I got to come back. So we were looking on Craigslist, and my friend Lauren actually sent me this listing. I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. This is adorable, and it's, like, close to where I need to be to rehearse and everything. Adorable. So then I write the person, and then the person writes back. It's like, wait a minute. Um, what are you coming out here for? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm musical theater. And I had said, like, I'm out there for a – I'm a singer. I'm doing a job. She's like, what are you doing? I finally said, Matilda. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So she calls me. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I'm a musical theater girl. She goes, you're coming out here to do Matilda. I cannot believe it. She goes, you're subletting my apartment. We met because she was out in L.A. filming uh, Masters of Sex, I think. She oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We met. We were like – amazing total like connection she was rad oh my and then god. i lived in her apartment for six months oh my god until i was like oh okay i didn't lose the job yeah. <laughs> i'm saying and then we stayed friends because she's just awesome she is the how crazy is that like randomly on craigslist that that first, like you guys get off craigslist it's terrifying uh, no i know but it was like you know one of those things where you're like oh, i gotta find you yeah, know totally. something and her apartment was beautiful and i just could it was like it it had to be like the universe being like, yeah, oh no, yeah. you two should be friends. Crazy. Totally. Okay, tell me about all your TV shows. You're doing, okay, you're regularing on. No, I'm recurring. Recurring. Yeah. See, I don't know the words. You have words in front of a camera on. Yes, Homeland. Homeland. Uh, Instinct, which is Alan Cummings' new oh, show yes. on CBS, and a show called Seven Seconds that's going to debut in the winter on Netflix. What, just tell people, what, does, what is the difference between recurring and all of that? A regular, uh, you're on every episode or almost every episode, and you're under contract okay. to them. Um, the reason I can recur on more than one show is because you're not under contract, uh, and you're not in every episode. You're okay. in a couple or a few, or it's usually... So do you have, like, a character arc on each of these? Yeah, yeah. And can you talk about Homeland? I'm still doing it. I go back in January. Oh, my God. How many episodes are you going to be on? A bunch. Oh, my God. A bunch. Do you have scenes with Claire Danes? Just tell me if you have scenes with Claire Danes. No, you know what? I might coming up. In the beginning, no, our storylines are, are separate. But you know who I have just fallen in love with is Mandy. Crazy Mandy Patinkin? He's not crazy. He's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. He is. I love him. Like, I love him. I'm not going to put you on the spot. All you've said is that you love him, and that's, I believe it. I believe it, believe it, believe it. But every person who I've had on this podcast who has ever, like, crossed 
like the street next to Mandy Patinkin. And I'm like, how crazy was he? <laughs> and I get the stories. All right, Mandy, come on the podcast. Clear your name, girl. God, he's the sweetest. He's the sweetest. Is he? Maybe because I'm crazy. He was like, <laughs> he's like that. Margarita's out of her mind. Probably. <laughs> probably. I love him. Do you have a lot of scenes with him? Not a ton. No, no, no. But we're always in the makeup trailer together. <laughs> and so we just talk and blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's amazing. And when we had talked for a bunch and he was like, you know, I sing, right? And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy, come on. I know, I know who you are. <laughs> but it's cool. No, uh, Homeland's awesome. And the thing is, like, all three of these shows are heavy dramas. So yeah. it's been really cool to kind of be able to come here and be like, woo, woo. And yeah. then no makeup and drama. <laughs> yeah. On the other stuff. So it's it's been really, really cool. Yeah, so uh, the other two shows are finished filming for their seasons, but Homeland, I, I start back up again. That's what I had wow. I had seven weeks off of. And uh, even though the first week I had to go back and kind of reshoot some stuff, but um, I knew I had this time off of Homeland based on what our my yeah. character was doing. Um, and so, yeah, I go back like first week of January and start up there again. So what's what's up after that? Do you have plans for, the, for 2018? Um... No. I mean, I yes and no. Like, there are things that, like, I know are coming down the pike. But, and I know we talked about this before, but, like, I did have my 2018 and 19 booked in my head. <laughs> and according to people that were involved, it was booked. Um, was it a show? It was a show that I had workshopped. And, and everyone involved was like, you're oh. doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. Then I got a phone call saying, you're not doing it. Oh, my God. But, but this is totally what I talked about on you before. I'm like, trust the freaking universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could not have done any of these three shows, especially not Homeland, had I gotten that show. Yeah. I would literally have had to say no to all, to all of these jobs because of that one show. Which could potentially close in a week. It could. Yeah. And, and I would have had to say no because of the, the final lab before. yeah. yeah. That show. And it's just like, I, I, I tell everyone, I'm like, and at the time, and I was actually on a set of something when I got that phone call, and I was devastated. It never goes away. That like, you know, in yeah. any job, yeah. that thing of like, oh my God, I have a job. I can't wait to do this yeah. role. I'm so excited. And then, it, you know, it goes away and, and you kind of, at least in our business, you know, I kind of had no explanation. It was just, we want somebody else. Yeah. And after being told, no, you're it, you're it, you're it. But I swear to you, trust that path because, and I am really good at that usually, but I went, I spiraled for yeah. a couple of days. Yeah. Sometimes you, you forget your own best advice. Oh my God, totally. I completely forgot my own advice. And I, I was like, I... I was so upset and it never ends. It never ends. And I know that. And I know better. I know better. It's good for people to hear that a person in your position doesn't – like you never get to a point where you're like, oh, that doesn't matter. And, like everything's just going to keep coming to me. Like you yeah. – like you never – nobody ever feels like they made it. I don't think even like – Mandy Patinkin asked you if you knew that he sang. I know. <laughs> and that was a huge like, oh my god. It never yeah. – Ends. You never feel like you've reached, yeah. you know, the pinnacle of whatever. And I'm glad that, yeah. that I don't feel that way. Um, but no, I still audition for tons. And most of us do. It's, yeah. it, you're constantly trying to, like, prove yourself again and again. And, and um, I'm glad that, that I still have to do that. But um, this, this was, like, the craziest reminder of there is a path for you and trust it. I promise you. Yeah. 
It is, it is literally, it sounds so hippy dippy, but it's, it really is. Because looking back on it, I was like, oh my God, I, I literally would not have been able to do any of these things. I'm obsessed with you. Thank you for doing this. Oh my God. Thank you. I love, please. I Can love. we do it once a week? Please, please. <laughs> You're like, please no, please. though. I love it because like, I love, and I love when like people listen to your podcast and, and yeah. if they're going through it and they. They always tweet about you. Whenever they find the show, they listen, they, they tweet about you. I love it because I love <laughs> being like, things are bad, but I swear they'll get better. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, ho- you know what, you guys? Happy holidays. I'm going to keep saying happy holidays oh, no matter what the president yeah, says. No, happy holidays. Yeah. Oh, come see whose holiday? Come see whose holiday, you guys. Okay, bye. Bye. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Theater People is a product of Theater Podcast Productions and is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Mike edited this episode. You guys, Mike has a new podcast. It's called We Couldn't Help But Wonder. It's a journey through sex in the city, one episode at a time. Mike, a sex in the city pro, chats about the episodes with his friend Elise Castle, who's watching the show for the first time. It's hilarious, and you can find We Couldn't Help But Wonder anywhere you get your podcasts. Go subscribe, you guys. Support producer Mike. It's hilarious. You'll love it. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Ty Williams, and Cynthia Wallach. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Keith Allen Herzog, Matt Tamanini, Eric Emsch, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. Happy holidays, everyone. See you in 2018. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile.